Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. 9-11, the day the world changed. The day where they told you nothing would be the same again. And boy, were they right. Boy, were they on the money. How did they know? How did they know a simple attack on American soil would change the world forever? Well, today we're going to do something a little different. I don't know how close you've been following the show. But I've been assembling and preparing a, a show, a massive show on 9-11, which I will forewarn you, that is not what you're getting today. But I would be remiss if I didn't give you something for 9-11 to celebrate the big 19th anniversary of Patriot Day. But I will be on the 20th anniversary on 2021, giving you a mega show. Some of this material will be rehashed. Some of it will be new. Some of it will be elaborated on a little bit better. So what I'm going to give you today is more of a rough notes outline of some ideas that you're going... uh, More of a teaser, if you will, for the show we're going to do in 2021. So that's what we're doing today. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. So... What are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about 9-11, and at this point, there may be some of you that don't remember it. There might be a lot of you that don't remember it. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Obviously, you know what happened. We don't need to go through all those details. We're going to talk a little bit about the symbolism, the occult perspective of this whole thing. And the reason I'm doing this show this year, this is a rushed job here. This isn't my typical work. The reason I'm doing this show is because 2020 is showing us the evolution of the agenda. And this all started on 9-11. We'll talk some of the conspiracy theories about it, who was behind it, and what the theories are. Uh, But then we're going to wrap it up with some occult perspectives, which is where, that's where more of my forte is. Aleister Crowley, numeric symbolism, Boaz, Joaquin, all the stuff you know about, if you've listened to me for some time. Now... Before we do that, 
we are going to do some Patreon shoutouts. Yes, if you're on the tier two for the Patreon team, you get the shout out. This is our time to do it. And let me tell you, this list is huge. It's huge because we did the big special offer book promo for Use Your Illusion 1, which I will be publishing on 9-11. In some form or fashion, I do have to submit this book. So let's go through the names. We got a lot of folks on here. We're going to blast through this. Shout out to Eric. New new to the Tier 2 team. We got a lot of new to the, <laughs> new to the Tier 2 teams. Uh, we got Eric. Vermont Hip Hop Collective. Joe Sauce. Laura. Or Susie. Is it Laura Susie? Jorge. What up, man? B. Jessica. Philippe. Chris. Keisha. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to butcher half your name. So, oh, <laughs> if you got, if I don't pronounce it correctly, you let me know. You slide in them messages and let me know. Daniel, what's up? Daniel G. I should say there's a lot of Daniels on the team. Lee. Andre. Renata. Liberation Cap. Dre. Drop Bear. Zach. Zach's a, uh, we got, we got some tier three folks in this list too. You know, tier three gets all the tier two perks plus you get some cool extra stuff. Some live streams. You get some dogs barking. Joshua, what's up, man? Russell. Dragon. Shimmering Fire. Dane. Chris. That's Chris with a, Chris G, we'll say. Austin C. Ramona Frankenstein. What a crazy last name that is. Elena. Beautiful Chaos. <laughs> the dogs are trying to they're trying to shout it out too. Brandon R. Julian M. Jason. Lewis. Rosalinda. Southside Tarot. Sarah B. Irock. Is that like a Camaro? Irock? Daryl. Am I pronouncing it? Daryl O. You know who you are. Brandon C. Raymond D. If you're wondering why I don't say the last name, it's because, you know, most of you guys are smart enough to try to distance yourselves from this Illuminati madness. Natalie. Trey. Aya, what's up? Jacob. Samuel. Alan C. Sammy P. Jody. Frank L. Phil Goodrichart, what up, man? He's over there surfing, painting, surfing and painting at the same time. Eric M, Jason S, BD, Bill, well, I don't know what the first name is. It's a last name. B, B Durr. Alexander K, Suze W, Christina H on that big tier three. Jinx. What's up, Jinx? Tyler. We got Tyler B on that one there. Anonymous. 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 Francie. Jennifer, Betty, Thomas P, Don P, Tor S, Elizabeth, Cheryl S. What's up, Cheryl? Henisa B, Barry W. Barry W. Be buying them books. I sent you some books, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Roxy, Roxy, Leslie, Kurt Wild. What's going on, Kurt Wild? Crystal D, Ingie, Jenna P. Brian, Ashton, Ashley G, Kelly C, Gary, uh, Gary, Gary K, Jade M, Ali, Omar, Renee, Brandon, Anaya, CC, Ryan, Brandon, Lord, Brian B, 
the Roachcast podcast. How's that podcast going there? Penny Roach. Rosalinda. Well, I already went over that name. We got a couple of those on here, I guess. Okay. Uh, Yak. David W. M. Gibb. Kimmy G. Gabby. Matt M. On that tier three. Leslie B. On that tier three. Senor Robosos. Mateo. I will see. Holding it down. I will see. He's been holding down a long time. Darcy D. Ida. Ida's been holding down a long time. Daryl holding it. These are, these are my holder downers down here on this list. Allison S. Jeff W. Sojourner 0101. I guess binary code. What does it mean? I used to know that kind of stuff. Robert S. Whitney B. Prophet 7. Heather. Denali G. Well, you guys have been on this team a long time. These are the O. These are the <laughs> These are the mega OGs. Uh, Jade, Pragmatic Chick, SPG, Danielson, Taylor. Taylor's been holding it down for a long time. Tier 3. Long time triple OG. Alexandria H. Melissa. Big Fezik. Still holding it down. Katie N. Last but not least, J. Poe. In the house. Thank you for your support. That's your tier 2 shoutout for September. I appreciate all your support of every Patreon supporter. Uh, you guys are really making things happen over there. I appreciate you so much. Uh, you're keeping the show going. Uh, and if you want to join the team, patreon.com backslash Illuminati Watcher. Now let's get into the show. Let's get into the content. I know it's what you guys want. You want to talk about 9-11. Well, I want to talk about it too. I want to talk about it too. I got all kinds of stuff to talk about. So let's just get into it, right? Uh, where were you? Where were you when the towers fell? Isn't that what that old country boy sang? I don't know. I don't listen to country music, but I recall there being some country music making the rounds after 9-11. Some movies. Because that's what we do here in America. Celebrate these tragedies. Make some parades. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. You know, Patrice O'Neill did a great little joke about it. You can look it up on the uh, YouTube. Rest in peace, Patrice O'Neill. One of the greatest to ever do it. Made a great joke about it. He said, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase and butcher it at the same time. He said, roughly in 10 years, this is going to be a hot dog eating parade holiday. And that's probably coming, right? It's got to come, right? When it used to be a very solemn day for at least 10 years, I would say. It was a very solemn day. I don't know where you were. Where I was, I was in South Korea defending this great country of ours. It was like three in the morning or something over there. I don't remember. It was middle of the night because I was sleeping. I had to get up early because I was the uh, doing guard duty at the in the bomb dump there, right? And so I had to get up before everyone else. And I don't know, four in the morning, five in the morning, whatever time that was, and then go walk walk a couple miles to the bomb dump and then open it up for everyone else to come in, right? And I remember waking up. I don't remember how. I don't remember if my girlfriend at the time, Mrs. Weishop now, called me. I don't remember. But I remember getting up. Everyone was freaking out. Oh, my God. We're under attack. And, like, I remember a bunch of guys were getting crazy about it, right? Like they were drinking. Oh, we're going to war. Yeah. You know, getting all amped up. And, you know, me being the sensitive little cuck that I am I was like oh my god this is a nightmare I don't want this right I'm just trying to get some GI Bill fellas <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want this no um, I joke I joke 
No, but it was it was kind of scary, right? Like I was like, because we were in South Korea, we were close to the North Korean border, which obviously that was like you know it's a pretty big threat there. And I remember being like, "Oh man, I'm not getting out of here," because I was supposed to go back home, back to the states. Like for I'd I'd been there about six months at this point. No, I'm sorry, nine months at this point. I had three months left on my little short tour, and I got to go back home. I got to go or back to the states, I should say. And I was ready. I was done with South Korea. I was done with South Korea two months in. I was like, man, get me the hell out of here. And. Yeah, so it was like, I don't know, three in the morning. And I was like, oh, damn, here we go. It's it's on and popping. And then we got recalled. And me being the gate guard, I had to get down there. So I I remember yet you had to kind of walk through a uh, sort of like a golf course, right? Oh, these dogs are on it tonight. I'm very sorry. And I remember being very eerie, almost like a fog in the air, and walking by myself to the uh, the bottom. I'm thinking, oh my god! Like my head was spinning. I was like, what is happening? Right? It was so surreal. And people in America had a different experience than what I had, but like, I think we all had this really strange, surreal experience about it. Like, this isn't this, this doesn't happen in America. This is like stuff you see in the movies. Like, this isn't real. And I got there, and I remember that we were supposed to get our M16s for guarding the bomb dump there. Because at, at the time, we didn't have those, right? Like, we just checked IDs and hoped for the best. Hope for that <laughs> hand-to-hand combat. I don't know. just wasn't the thing we did, right? And that was the deal was we, we they moved up in, uh, what do they call them, threat cons or, or force protection conditions or whatever they call them. And we were supposed to get, you know, you wore the body armor and you got the, uh, you got the strap. And I was like, you guys better give me this damn gun. I need this thing now, right? Because we're the Air Force, right? We don't walk around with the guns. I like, have the Army. They probably did. They probably had them in their foot lockers and stuff. But, like, they can't trust us. We're a bunch of frat boys. We're busy partying, you know? I <laughs> uh, kid. Kind of. I kind of kid. But, but I remember being like. Because I, I had a lot of anxiety. I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm a very anxious person. I had a lot of anxiety about this. And I kept calling the, uh, I don't remember, the op center or whatever. And saying, hey, where's my damn gun? It was like, now it was like, at this point, like 9 a.m. or something. And a car pulls up, a little SUV, a little Korean SUV. And out comes out this swarthy looking fella. And I... I I get get out from my guard shack. I go over there, and he's kind of getting out, and he's kind of walking towards me, and I kind of stop him, like, "Hey, you know what's going on here?" And he's giving me this whole spiel about how he wants to get in the bomb dump and take a look around, and that's very abnormal, right? The only people in the bomb dump are like ammo troops, generally. And I was like, "You're gonna have to wait here, man. Like, this isn't gonna. I'm not just gonna let you in." And, um. He's like, well, let me let me call some people or whatever. So he goes over to the phone, and I'm kind of standing out by his SUV. I'm looking inside, seeing who's in there. And my my little battle buddy there was still in the gate shack. And I look over, and homeboy is on the phone. And it was like a weird-looking dude. It wasn't a uniform or nothing. It was just like a civilian dude. He had like a big old bushy mustache. looked like Borat. <laughs> Borat. Basically, Borat gets out, and he goes over to the phone. And I'm looking over at him while I'm like standing at the SUV, looking inside the SUV, and and I see the wind. He's wearing a windbreaker, and the wind picks up, 
and his his windbreaker picks up and it is back like Bruce Willis diehard style. He's got a piece. I don't know what some kind of gun. I don't know. I'm not a gun guy. I don't know what it was. It was a handgun. It wasn't like a freaking uh assault rifle or nothing crazy, right? He had a gun. I see it with the wind blowing. I said, Oh my god, we're about to die. <laughs> so I heard I like double time it back to the shack and like get in there. And I'm like, bro, that dude's got a gun, man. And and we're kind of like, what are we going to do? We don't have our guns. Like, we're we supposed to fight this guy? And uh, next thing you know, the guy goes back to his SUV, turns around, and they leave. Uneventful story. But that's the story. I almost became the uh, first military casualty. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. They, they were probably legit. I mean, like, that's pretty brazen. Uh, I mean, if he was going to try to take a style, he could have done it. But yeah, that was my experience with 9-11. Then, you know, 9-11 for the military was just like <laughs> 24-7 weeks and weeks and weeks of just like pandemonium exercises and planning for stuff. And oh my God, it was a nightmare. You don't get paid overtime, you know. But you do get a free pass to Disney World when you come back to the States. When I got back in 2002, I got to go to Disney World for free. Shout out Walt Disney, big old occultist. Now, let's talk about the predictive programming because it plays a role here in 9-11. The predictive programming, of course, the concept of this is the idea that it talks to the subconscious, symbolism, ideas, themes, talks to the subconscious and causes changes in, you know, the collective unconscious, this whole collective, you know, mind, whatever we want to call this thing. This perennial philosophy idea or Carl Jung or Sigmund Freud. But everything's connected, right? So they think they can saturate the mind with predictive programming. Now, you could look at this from two angles, okay? And what we're referring to is you've probably seen the images. Like, the Simpsons had a a magazine that said 9-11 on it with a plane going into it. Then uh, Terminator 2, one of the overpasses says Danger 9-11. Uh, the Matrix, Neo's license says it expires on 9-11-2001, which I find to be the most curious example of predictive programming, given the idea of what the Matrix was, of entering into a new world. Now, all of the phrases and the mottos used for 9-11, you'll notice they constantly say, hey, the day everything changed. They're forcing you to go along with this programming to say, oh, yeah, this is a new world and uh, new things have to happen and we can't go back to the old ways anymore. And that's exactly what they did with COVID, right? That's what they're doing with COVID. Because since day one, they've been all over the place with, oh, nothing can go back to the way it was and this is the new normal and the great reset. And the whole time I'm like, can't you guys just unleash this nasty Bill Gates vaccine on everyone and we can just go back to the way it was? We really got to like wear masks every day in this nonsense. But it's almost like they want to sell the mantra. And 9-11 was the first step in the mantra. Now you could look at the non-occult ideas of what doesn't make sense from 9-11. And we'll briefly go over these. I'll have the details on these and this will be on the mega show next year. So stay subscribed to the show to 
get next year's show. But like, how strange is it that that plane that hit the Pentagon, we've still yet to see the video of this thing. We saw five grainy frames of what they claim happened, which we won't get into like the logistics of these pilots that at the school, they said they couldn't fly the damn things, much less at a, do a high-speed maneuver like 10 feet off the ground <laughs> into the Pentagon. Like That seems a little odd. So people said that was a missile. I recall hearing that the FBI, the day of 9-11, went around to all the gas stations, all the hotels, all the businesses around the Pentagon, and collected all of their video footage. Which I get, right? A little bit of national security. If you're like me, you're a sucker for mysteries, true crime. And once you put me back into a period piece with those old flapper 1920s era time frame, you got me. I'm all yours. So let me tell you about this game called June's Journey. We're going to escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. As you immerse yourself into the world of June's Journey, a hidden object mystery mobile game that puts your detective skills to the test, play as June Parker and investigate beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s while uncovering the mystery of her sister's murder with hundreds of mind-teasing puzzles. The next clue is always within reach. Now, one thing I like is that it sharpens your vision to look for objects. In case I, I ever make it on uh, one of these reality contest shows, I got to harness my puzzle my puzzle skills and my visual acuity. And and I, I learned what a pavilion, <laughs> when I was playing the game, I learned what a pavilion was. It's, it's basically a gazebo. I didn't know that. So I'm learning, all right? In each level, you search for hidden objects in New York parlors or, or uh, Paris sidewalks, trying to figure out this scandalous family secret of how June's sister died. It's got some mystery. It's got some danger. It's got some romance. I got the game on my phone right now, and I'm on chapter three, and I'm looking for clues on this crime scene photo because we're gonna we're gonna figure out who did this, and you're gonna love it. They play real like mad chill music, so it's kind of relaxing too. You get to customize your little luxurious estate with gardens and buildings and such. So look, if you're into detective work, solving clues, finding clues, scandalous family secrets. Uh, you just want a fun little escape from the dreaded day job or whatever. This is your game. I enjoy playing it at the end of the day when I'm chilling in bed trying to unwind because it's just a nice little escape kind of game for me. And not only that, poor June, she needs my help to figure out how her sister died. And guess what? June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. But it's been 20 years. Why can't we see it? What are we waiting for? Is it because it wasn't what they said? I don't know the answer to that. I'm just telling you what the conspiracy truthers say. And you decide what you want to believe. 
I will also offer up that the politics for the new American century in the late 90s had a document. And this is a conservative political action committee full of big name right wingers. The orchestrators of this, arguably. They were talking about how we needed another sort of Pearl Harbor-esque 9-11 or uh, another Pearl Harbor-esque moment to push the new world order, basically. And that's what they got. They talked about how we needed to get into the Middle East to, you know, stabilize democracy in the Middle East. And, you know, what was it really about, though? Was it about the lithium veins in Afghanistan? We did. We sure did use a lot of lithium in the last 20 years and batteries for cell phones and everything else. Could it be the opiates from the poppy fields in Afghanistan? We sure did use a lot of opiates in the last 20 years. The opium epidemic. Opiates, I should say. But yeah, the hijackers were from Saudi Arabia, so we were like, oh, cool, let's go into Afghanistan. (laughs) And then, oh, yeah, let's go into Iraq. They got weapons of mass destruction. Oh, wait. Wait, no, they don't. Our bad. A lot of things don't make sense. And you recall, after we went into Iraq, there, and this, this goes back to my previous point, about the predictive pro the predictive programming the language being used you get the media to repeat something enough people get confused because we got busy lives and most people are just like whatever but they kept talking about iraq and weapons of mass destruction and there's polls that surveys they did after we invaded iraq and the american public like half of the public thought that iraq was behind the attacks on 9-11 which was com- which was not true. Because the mind starts blurring things together. And if you recall, Michael Moore did a film called Fahrenheit 911, which I enjoyed thoroughly, me being a, a libtard, <laughs> granola kind of guy. Uh, Michael Moore is very biased, of course. I can't say I support everything he says, but Fahrenheit 911 was a great movie. Can't take that away. Great documentary. And he talks about how the Bin Laden family were basically flown out of America first class there on uh, 9-11. Why would that happen? He was on the FBI's top, you know, most wanted list there. And this is what happened. And this is just like with COVID, right? Nobody, Nobody knows anything. Oh, really? No one knows anything. Well, you know, look at Bob Woodward's. A book he's going to publish about how much our you know administration really knew about COVID. Everyone acts like they have no idea. I'm telling you, these these people aren't idiots. They're not idiots. So that begs the question of why do we do the things we do? We had warnings of this happening with the USS Cole and the first time they bombed the World Trade Center. Which goes to my predictive programming point of all the symbolism you see in the films and such. On one hand, yes, they could be enforcing symbolism and predictive programming. But on the other hand, they could be just... I don't know. How do I I describe this? They could be demonstrating an idea that people had in their minds already. Because the Twin Towers were so large in New York City's skyline that a lot of people thought the planes were going to run into them. So much that 
I if I if I believe I recall this, I could be wrong, that the architects planned for it to happen because they were so high up there, right? Which again begs the question of did they you know, does jet fuel melt steel beams? And you can find just as many engineers and architects to say that could have never happened as you could say as you could find that say it would happen. So it's hard to know, right? I'm not an engineer of uh, structural architecture and all that. I have no idea. Now, what is curious is that the passports didn't melt. If you recall, there was a uh, one of the hijackers on Flight 11. He was found. Um, his uh, passport was found by a person just before the South Tower collapsed. And. I guess uh, another one on Flight 93 had the same story. They had photos and passports found at the site of Flight 93. Which is very strange, right? How could that possibly be a, a, a plane accident so intense with so much fire, yet the passports made it just fine? But to play devil's advocate again, maybe the stuff flew out of the plane somehow before it caught on fire. Uh, they did find some people's credit cards and wallets. So, I mean, it's not impossible, right? It's strange for sure. Convenient for sure. Then you've got this strange um, development where now they're claiming some of the terrorists that orchestrated the attacks aren't even dead. If you refer to a BBC article, I'm going to read to you from it. Another of the men named by the FBI as a hijacker in the suicide attacks on Washington and New York has turned up alive and well. The identities of four of the 19 suspects accused of having carried out the attacks are now in doubt. Saudi Arabian pilot Walid al-Shari was one of five men that the FBI said had deliberately crashed American Airlines Flight 11 into the World Trade Center on 11 September FBI Director Robert Mueller, oh boy, there's your boy, FBI Director Robert Mueller acknowledged on Thursday that the identity of several of the suicide hijackers is in doubt. So what's going on there? I certainly don't know. I'm not privy to that kind of information. What I do know is that this, and this is where we kind of wrap up the rational discussion of 9-11 move into the occult stuff, which is way more fun. It was a setup. This was a setup for the Patriot Act, regardless of whether this was organically a terrorist attack or not. And like I said, there was an attack on the, uh, there was terrorist attacks before USS Cole, uh, the first World Trade Center bombing. So like, it's very possible that this was in fact just a terrorist attack. It's also possible that some truthers say that it was a terrorist attack that they allowed happen. They allowed it to happen to further the New World Order agenda. Because after 9-11, we got the Patriot Act, which is the first time that we decided we were going to use surveillance against American citizens, a violation of the Fourth Amendment of search and seizures. The, and then look at the history. You got Operation Northwoods and Operation Chaos. And, you know, that was the CIA's domestic surveillance set up to disrupt the 60s hippie movement, which could have had Charles Manson MK altered in the name of defending against the enemies of the state. 
which is arguably just some kind of anti-right-wing military complex stuff. And you can uh, check out, if you want more on this kind of stuff, Oliver North did a great series. Last I checked, it was on Netflix. I saw it on Showtime many years ago about the untold, untold history of America. And I haven't fact-checked it, uh, but it's very interesting. And it's full of stuff like this, right? Uh, the FBI, they had the COINTELPRO. You know, they've always wanted to spy on us. They've always wanted this. The intelligence agencies always wanted to spy on the American public. Legally, they couldn't do it. Violated the Constitution. But here comes the Patriot Act. <laughs> right? Right or wrong. And I'm not saying every intelligence person is a, an evil person trying to spy on America. I mean, they could just be doing it because it makes their jobs easier and they can prevent attacks or whatever. But this is a very dangerous game. This is a very slippery slope to a sort of minority report pre-cog spying on your email kind of stuff. In fact, they had, if you recall, I think it was the NSA had some people that were spying on their spouses illegally and because they were they were uh, getting cheated on or whatever they're getting cucked <laughs> and the bigger desire here from the, if you want to look at this from the new world order perspective which i do the bigger desire here is to alter and control the human mind that's why so many mind control programs were around back then and it's why they're spying on us nonstop through the patriot act and social media which a lot of these you know, Google and Facebook, they're arguably started by our own government, and now they're spying on us. It's all order out of chaos. Ordo ab chao, right? Again, we go back to the Freemasonic skull and bones motto. 33rd degree Freemasonry. They're here to give us the order. They're here to, unfortunately, also give us the chaos so that we ask for the order. And this is the New World Order that uh, George Bush Sr. advocated for on 9-11 and 91. Ten years to the day prior, he gave that speech talking about the New World Order. And that's, that's the thing. That's what 2020 is all about. They want chaos. That's why they've got the chaos candidate in there. So the people beg for order. And I don't know what the right answer is, my friends. I'm just telling you how I see it happening. Because they're smart. They play chess like this, right? And you're out of moves. You don't know what to do. You want the order. But I'm telling you, there's some danger involved here. This is like, you know, like the, t you know, sometimes we as Americans subscribe to this idea of uh, this illusion of safety. Look at the TSA, right? You you go through the airport and you think, oh, man, they're, they're going to catch every everybody coming through here. And maybe they have, right? They certainly don't make that information too public, but they did a study and they found like some insane amount of weapons, like 90% of people trying to get weapons through were able to do so. Because again, it's the illusion of safety. We have these illusions of safety throughout all these mechanisms in America and people fall for it. And I don't know what the right answer is. I just know there's illusions of safety all over the place. The vaccines, right? For example. The stabbies. It's the illusion of safety. Oh, just give me the thing and we'll be okay. No, you won't. <laughs> you won't. Maybe you will. Who knows? Nobody knows. We're listening to these nerds. These nerds run wild. And this is what you get. 
You get software nerds writing programs to spy on you. You get vaccine nerds jamming you full of weirdo diseases. You got lab nerds making monster Wuhan flu viruses in the lab. They're trying to kill off the old population in China and it leaked out and now we all got to deal with it. These nerds are going to kill us all. I've said it for years. Elon Musk, the the god of nerds, they're going to kill us, all of them. And that's what I talk about in the Alien book with Elon Musk with the Starlink satellite system. That's part of the Project Bluebeam. Sounds crazy, but it might be. Now, let's talk about the occult symbolism of 9-11. William Westcott, he says that the number 10 is perfect. In the Kabbalah Tree of Life, there are 10 sephirots, 10 mental emanations that the practitioner can use to emulate and perfect oneself to become like God. Therefore, the number 11 is sinful. And your boy Aleister Crowley said, 11 is the number of magic, and it is the number that represents the new aeon, the new age. Because that's what this is all about. Again, I'm going to keep hammering that home. It's all about the new age, the new world order, the 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 turnover to the new time. And that's why 9-11 is the day everything changed. And that's why COVID is the new normal. They got to slowly turn up the heat on those frogs in the pot. Now, real quick. Real quick. I got some great news. Uh, our sponsor, BetterHelp. <laughs> They're back for more. It's a very uh, popular service, turns out. So uh, let's let's talk about BetterHelp. What is that? Well, first you got to ask yourself, what interferes with your happiness? What's preventing you from achieving your goals? Because a lot of times we get these mental hangups. We tell ourselves stories. And that's kind of what like the Buddhism practices try to help you work through. But sometimes you need to talk to the professionals here, okay? You read my book. You read The Dark Path. I talked about it in there. Talked about going to a therapist. And what BetterHelp does, that's H-E-L-P, BetterHelp actually assesses your needs and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist in a safe and private online environment. And that's actually a big deal. I know from personal experience, you sometimes have to shop around to find the right therapist. It doesn't just come naturally. It's not going to be a perfect fit with your first one. So they've found a way to hook you up with the right match, the right uh, professional therapist to meet your needs. It's convenient. You can start communicating with someone within 24 hours. Send a, a message to your counselor at any time. I can't even do that with my, my counselor I see downtown. You'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. And I can tell you, they are uncomfortable. You're sitting there, you're, you're looking at your phone, but you're looking around and see people think you're crazy. You're just trying to be, you're just a normal human being trying to get some help, trying to talk to somebody. Someone with the tools needed, with the tools equipped to help you through a problem. Uh, you know, like my personal experience, I got to drive you know, 20 minutes, find a parking spot, walk up a couple flights of stairs. But, but this, it's uh, it's a good fit. It's committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. They make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. More affordable than traditional offline counseling. Financial aid is available. 
services available for clients worldwide, broad range of expertise. Uh, you've got all these, all these specializations. They've got depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, all the things. And anything you share is confidential, convenient. Uh, this is professional. It's affordable. Check out all the testimonials. You can read all about it on their website. Uh, it's not a crisis line. But in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp now that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you can get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com. That's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp.com slash Illuminati Watcher. Join over a million people taking care of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Illuminati Watcher. And I'll put some links in the show notes. So yeah, big shout out to BetterHelp being a show sponsor. Uh, check them out if that's a good fit for you. Uh, that's real talk. I'm, I uh, come from personal experience that therapy and counseling is a, a huge benefit. You want to get off that big pharma system. This is one way to do it. So check it out. BetterHelp.com backslash Illuminati Watcher. Let's go back to 9-11-91. Ten years prior to the day because the dates matter to these psychopaths. George Bush Sr. talked about the New World Order and the Thousand Points of Light. What is the Thousand Points of Light, you may ask? Well, I'm here to tell you what it is. It's the thousand-year reign of Lucifer that Hitler talked about with Germany. From the Bible, and he talks about Lucifer and all this stuff. I'm sure there's another explanation for it, but that's what I'm here to tell you what the crazies say, because I'm on the I'm on team crazy for 2020, as are more people than ever before. Cause we all see something's wrong, something doesn't add up. Intuitively, human beings are smart. There's mouth breathers out there all over the place. There's idiots in the masses, they're morons. But I'm here to tell you, they're not that dumb. People are intuitive. They are smart. They know when something's happening. People are waking up to something going on. And trying to debunk and, and unravel what's going on is maddening. Don't listen to anyone who tells you they know the truth and they know what exactly is happening. They're full of it. No one knows. These, these people orchestrating the show are not idiots. They play chess and, they, and nothing is what it seems. There are 10 moves ahead of you, I promise. I'm just trying to shed some light on it. Maybe you, maybe you find the truth, and I hope you do. Godspeed, my friend. But Crowley said 11 is the number of magic and that of the new Aeon. And then, you know, uh, George Sr. talks about it on 9-11 and 91 about the New World Order and the Thousand Points of Light. And I looked up in a book uh, called Wicca and Witchcraft... It said that Pythagoras, who, if you recall, is the OG, he's quadruple OG granola. He's the first one to assemble a secret society. Did you know that? You knew that. He was going around synthesizing all the religions and mystery teachings from Greece and Egypt and Rome and Babylonia there, Babylon, Gate of the Gods, Mesopotamia, Carthage, Phoenicians, and all these ancient alien names and he went back started his own secret society if you joined you had to keep your mouth shut for like five years what a nightmare because back then you probably only lived 20 years but he would teach you the secrets of the secret mystery schools 
But Pythagoras labeled uh, the number, if you look at numerology for the number nine, it's the number of service and is the archetype of the mystic or healer. And then if you look up 11, that is illumination and the archetype of a spiritual messenger. So you see you've got the archetype of the mystic or healer connected to the archetype of spiritual messenger. I would argue that we are demonstrating the 9 to 11 as the transition into the magical age of the spiritual messengers, the aliens, if, if I dare say so myself. And, th- and that's a power number, 11, because in that book, they go from one, they, they describe all the numbers, 1 through 9, and then it goes to 11, 22, 33, as the, uh, what do they call them, angel numbers. So 11 is the illumination and the archetype of the spiritual messenger. All of this, I would argue, is to set up the alien god network. Be scared. Be afraid. They're coming. Kenneth Grant, you know, he was hanging out with your boy Crowley. Used a lot of his teachings. Thought he was the next Aleister Crowley. Everyone thought they were the next Aleister Crowley. Well, he's no exception. Started his own little Typhonian Ordo Templi Orientis where he was trying to channel demons and entities into our dimension. But he wrote a book called Aleister Crowley and the Hidden God. And he talks about 9 and 11. I'm going to read you some passages. It gets a little weird. It gets a little crazy. But here we go. And this is kind of, this is kind of the most interesting element of all this. Uh, because I get into the, I'm a, I'm a, what do we, what do we call my, a magic nerd maybe now? I, I like reading this stuff. I think there's bizarre stuff going on. Quote, because the number 10 was regarded by Kabbalists as the stable number of the system of divine emanations or the Sephiroth, number 11 was, was considered accursed because it was outside the system. So here we see him set it up such that 11, the accursed number, is the number of the outsider. And earlier, we heard that it was the number of illumination and the spiritual messenger. It's the Lucifer of illumination as the outsider. You follow? You picking it up? Here we go. Let's keep going. Therion, therefore, adopted 11 as his formula. That's Crowley. In the book of the law, the goddess Nuit exclaims, My number is 11 as all their numbers who are of us, which is a direct allusion to the AA or the order of the silver star, and it is the system of grades. Uh, There's another passage. The image of the beast, dragon, or seven-headed serpent formed the basal design on the floor of the vault of the adepts in the golden dawn. To each head was assigned a name of the clopothic or demonic force, the number of which is 11. Now, in my alien book, which you're going to read, and, and hell, maybe by the time you're listening to this, it's already out there on Amazon. Aliens, UFOs, and the Occult, Use Illusion 1. We talk about this. They're talking to these clopothic demonic forces, and the number is 11. As we are finding out today here on this little 9-11 show. Quote, Another affinity between Al and the Tantras is that the Tantras are accepted not because of their antiquity alone, but because of the proven superhuman authority of their origin, 
There are other similarities to the Tantras, but also one great dissimilarity in that the Tantrics, especially of the Sakta division, avoid the use of the number 11 because it is considered inauspicious. This number, which plays a major role in Crowley's cult, has been adversely commented on by Dion Fortune. All right, let me back up. I know some of you are like, who in the hell and what in the hell are you saying, Isaac? Well, you got to understand, Kenneth Grant was studying these ancient left-hand path cultures, and he was into Tantra, which I've explained that in the past. This is like some occult sex magic stuff. Uh, you sort of channel your energy in a certain way and you know, whatever. And there's, uh, you know, there's goods and bads to Tantra. There's a left-hand path to Tantra, though. You use the energy through sex magic to cause changes in the world is the gist of it. And Sting also uses it to hold back them nuts because you use that energy. Now, Dion Fortune, who he's about, we're about to read a quote from, Dion Fortune wrote a book uh, called The Mystical Kabbalah. Uh, you could try reading it. Good luck. Like most of the stuff, it's like pure gibberish. Okay, so here's what... Um, okay, let's let's rewind just a touch. The number 11... Okay, so the Tantrics didn't like the number 11. They thought it was bad. Debbie, bad thing, don't do that. And... But number 11 plays a role in Crowley's cult. And it has been adversely commented on by Dion Fortune. She was a very famous author for Mystical Kabbalah. And she said, quote... Crowley's magic is valuable to the student, but only the advanced student could use it with profit. The formula, too, on which he works would be considered averse and evil by a cultist accustomed to the Kabbalistic tradition, for he uses 11 instead of 10 as the basis of his battery of knocks. In the magical ceremonies, an 11 is the number of the Klepoth. No hint of this is given in the text, and it is an ugly trap for the unwary student. He continues... It is true that 11 is the number of the Klepoth, the unbalanced residue cast off by and therefore outside the tenth Sephiroth. But man has to triumph over these unbalanced forces in his own nature before he can become a master magician. In order to do this, he first has to evoke the Klepoth, which he does by formulating the averse pentagram, the Star of Set. And Set, of course, is the... One of the archetypes of Luciferian outsider, rebel. He was the southern Egyptian god. He was the guy who killed Osiris. Represents the bad boy. Okay, so what are we talking about? Formulating the inverse pentagram after he has established his magical supremacy by balancing within himself the five elements represented by the upright pentagram, the star of Nuit. The magician is himself the 11th because he is forever outside and beyond the operation of the 10, the two pentagrams. Um, so here the magician is the outsider and basically he's saying that it's okay, you can be the outsider, you can be the bad boy, you got to get the job done, you're the magician, make it happen. It's the ends justify the means, which is... You know, a lot of people have a hard time believing that any of this stuff could be rigged. COVID, 9-11, they have a hard time believing that. But to the people that have a higher calling, they say the ends justifies the means. So, yes, we're going to do these horrific things. Let's keep reading. In hum and if you like my reading, by the way, uh, User Illusion 1 will be on Audible here probably in October. Along with all my other self-narrated audiobooks. 
Check it out, audible.com, Isaac Wise, Hop is the name, reading books is the game. In human form, this is the formula of sexual magic based on atavistic resurgence. Crowley, who always maintained a positive attitude, considered also the equally important fact that 11 is the number of the path of Aleph on the tree of life, the path that transmits the light of Kether, the father, to Tippereth, the son. This path symbolizes the transmission of the supernal light to the magus, Chakma, by the formula of divine madness. Aleph, the the fool of the tarot is also the mad one. The path of Aleph is the path of wisdom or folly. Aleph, spelt in a fool, totals 111 on the grand scale. And, he, you know, he's getting wacky, but we're almost done. In the book the Thoth, in the book of Thoth, the letter A is ascribed to the first key, the fool, the mad one, and the serial number of this key is zero. We here reach the root of Crowley's key formula, zero equals two, which is also an ancient Chinese formula. The sum of unity and its reflection symbolized by the number 1, 1, 11. So saying the sum of unity is 1, and the reflection, also 1, is symbolized by 11. So that's another explanation for the number 11, basically, uh, based off an old Chinese formula. Now the, let's see, what else they got here? Uh, the dyad, the mystic number of the woman, the divider into two as mother and child. That's what they're talking about with the 11. To woman is ascribed the letter Beth, which means the house or womb. Two is its number. Hence, 11, the dynamic form of two, which I believe is the binary. Is that the binary code for two is one, one? I don't remember this stuff. I used to code back in college, and I knew that stuff off the top of my head. I think it's, or is it zero, one? It doesn't matter. It's fine. I think it's actually zero. I think one, one is three. Anyhow, hence 11, the dynamic form of two is the number of magic. Here we go. Here's where we're getting to the stuff. See, you got to read all this gobbledygook to get to the what they're talking about. He says, hence 11, the dynamic form of two is the number of that magic, which uses the sexual forces in the woman to recreate the illusion of the universe, one beyond 10. The word of the law announced by Awas, that's the demon whispering in Crowley's ear, is Thelema. And it is expressed in AL in the 11 worded precept, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. There are 11 lines on the reverse side of the steel of revealing, which is the magical talisman. Oh boy, I'm going to skip a lot of this. You're, I already tell your eyes are rolling in the back of your head like, oh my God, what are you talking about? Because I barely know what he's talking about. He's basically talking about the new age and all these gods that you're talking to. The magical formula of the great work, which is the process of uniting these two in consciousness, is Abrahadabra, the 11-lettered word of power. So they're talking about creating the new world through magic. That's the short version. And and shout out to Freeman Fly. He, he claims he predicted 9-11. I believe him. He's been deep in this world of the occult long before me. Uh, I learned a lot of this stuff from him. Or at least he, he planted the seeds, I should say. But through these sort of teachings, he was able to say that 9-11 was coming. A big event. A false flag, perhaps. And, and look, false flags are possible too, right? People don't want war. Normal human beings don't want it. So you have to... You have to sometimes manufacture the attack. 
and condemn the pacifists as the anti-patriots. There's all these quotes from Caesar and Hermann Goering talking about this stuff. And the population over time becomes confused as to who orchestrated, just like how they thought Saddam Hussein did 9-11. But all of this, and it's like a psyop, right? It's a, an event. It has to be like a movie. It has to be traumatic. It has to shake up things. It, the world has to change. It's like a ritual where if you know anything about the the Freemasons and the Egyptian mystery schools where the initiates were going underground, the initiates have to face death. You have to shake things up traumatically to come out the other side, a changed person. Um, there's also a book, if you want more on this, and this is, I haven't finished reading it yet. This is going to be part of the mega show analysis. It's called 9-11 as a mass ritual. And the author SK Bain, which I assume is a pseudonym, is an expert in Kabbalah, conspiracy guy. It's very good so far. Uh, the foreword is written by Peter Lavenda, who definitely knows what's going on. It's got contributions from William Ramsey, guest on the show here in the past. Michael Hoffman, who also wrote a good book about the uh, was it the Secret Service and mind control or something like that. But it's it's uh, it's got a lot of interesting stuff. And at the beginning, you can read it talks about the initiation rituals were that require us to face death to come out the other side. I'll read you from it. Because <clears throat> I know you want more reading from me. More importantly, such premature burial is an essential part of the Masonic initiation ceremony of the third degree. To be ritually and symbolically slain, buried, and raised again is a feature of many initiatory programs around the world. From Siberian shamanism to quaint 19th century English secret societies, it is a liminal event. Which means like... Uh, Kind of surreal, right? You're in between worlds. You're on the threshold of living and dying. And in that sacred spot, you can see in both directions. Conspiracy theorists are kind of like that. They have one foot in the world of mainstream history and culture, what Robert Anton Wilson used to call consensus reality. And that's the world where most of us live. Great little quote there. But they do, uh, you know, in the first section, they, they started out with the invocation of Thoth by Crowley. And he talks about lords of the gates of the universe. And it's like, is this what this is all about? Like, was this about cracking open the portal a little bit further to let the aliens through? It could be. It could be. The, num the, the numerology of this doesn't make sense. You know, the 11 is, uh, William Westcott called it the essence of all that is sinful, harmful, and imperfect. You know, versus 10, which is the perfect number. And Crowley, you know, back in the, you know, he died in 47, said that 11 is the number of magic and the sacred number par excellence of the new aeon. And then finally, you've got the symbology of the Twin Towers. You've got Boaz and Jaquin, which were the entrance to the mystical place. Kind of like the Pillar of Hermes. It's a symbolic boundary between this realm and the next which is why they need to have this sort of confrontation with death ritual. You got to scare people and have them face death to create the, um, to, to prepare the mind to accept the new world, the new, uh, the past the symbolic boundary, the veil. They, they open up a doorway, a gateway. It's a symbolic tearing of the veil of Isis. It's a portal revealing the Holy of Holies. 
And that's what the Boaz and Joaquin, they represent, they were at the Solomon's temple. And it represents the entrance to the mystical place. So when you've got the two towers, those are the two pillars, right? And then they bring them down. And then what do they do? They rebuild a single pillar out of that. Because in the occult doctrine there, it's all about the reconciliation of opposites. And if you look at the Kabbalistic tree of life, you've got a pillar that runs up each side, but the another path is the center pillar. That's the pillar of consciousness. It's a third route. So when you boil it down, these occult magicians use symbology, symbolism, predictive programming, numerology, uh, the different initiation ritual kind of things like facing death, fear on a grand scale. And a lot of this stuff is kind of like what 2020 is looking like. Could it be a culmination for 2021? The Patriot Act dropped out of 9-11. The world changed. Everything changed that day. And now, you know, 19 years later, they're talking we've got another new normal. The two ta- the twin pillars come down and the single pillar goes up. The one world tower, the new world tower. And then in the memorial, what do they put? Basically black cubes underground there to represent the old footprints of the twin towers. So that's my short version of the analysis. I'm going to study this a little bit over the next year. And in 2021, we're going to hit it again barring an alien invasion because I'm actually going to be writing my second alien book, Use Your Illusion 2, here soon where we're going through all the films and pulling out examples to prove my great theories and points from the first book. Uh, Again, you can pick up Aliens, UFOs, and the Occult, Use Your Illusion 1. You'll be able to pick it up on Amazon, Audible. I'll have signed paperbacks, gumroad.com backslash Isaac W. Gum like bubble gum. Not like scary guns. (laughs) gumroad.com backslash Isaac W get all my books signed from my hand to yours so I hope you enjoyed it have a great Patriots Day or whatever we're calling this thing and until next time stay woke as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.